don't even run their mouth. Mouth don't throw punches. Punches throw punches. The fight happens in the ring. Are you ready, champ? Like, like I cannot not be ready, right? Like, I ain't been doing my job for eight to ten weeks, right? Okay, okay. Like, I got here overnight, right? What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 157 of the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast here on TheBoxingRant.com. I'm Kenny Keith, and I am joined, as always, back from the MGM National Harbor, Vince Cummings. What up, Vin? Finally out of the uh, drunken haze of about, I don't know, 56 Jack and Cokes, maybe. <laughs> but, hey, hey, I'd be remiss if I didn't say congratulations, my friend. Oh, thank you, thank the, you, buddy. The brand new father of a beautiful boy. Yep, beautiful baby boy. Came late Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, what a stay at the hospital. What a ride. Is back home, and uh, mama's upstairs taking care of him. Jedi training begins tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Padawan training always starts April 12th. <laughs> um, so how was your trip, man? How was, uh, how was the MGM National Harbor? Of course, if there was any event I wish I could have <sighs> attended, it would have been that one. But uh, you went instead, my friend. and I'm not going to rub it in on you. I mean, it was. Oh, dude, I was asking you how it was the whole time. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'll say this. As a venue for a fight, I, I don't think it can get any better. I mean, we, we've been to Turning Stone. That's a great yeah, venue for absolutely. a fight. Just along the same lines as that, a little bit smaller. Just the, the whole evening, as far as the casino goes, the way they do things there, dude, it's just perfect, man. Perfect setup for fights. Top notch. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things, of, you know, about, like, casino fights in general. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you get out in Vegas, there's so many distractions. Um, getting a Vegas-quality casino somewhere else where, where, yeah, I mean, the D.C. area is enormous. Right. But everything you need is right there, you know. It's like, hey, why not put this beautiful MGM casino right here in the middle of all this clusterfuck of traffic? <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? I'll well, t- just put everything right here inside this building. They they did not mess up when they built that theater. I know I know it wasn't built for boxing in mind, but there isn't a bad seat in the house, brother. You going to see Journey in July? <laughs> I don't know. I think the Four Tops and the Temptations are there in the next couple weekends. Whoa. <laughs> Big axe. Those guys are still able to dance, so they got <laughs> new choreography in their wheelchairs. It's holograms. <laughs> oh, it's like Futurama. Their heads are in jars. <laughs> All right, we have lots to talk about here on episode 157 as uh, we talk about Lomachenko versus Sosa, the event that took place at MGM National Harbor. Uh, Vince will give us the breakdown of the live event. We'll talk about the fights, but before we get to that, be sure to drop by theboxingrant.com today and subscribe to the Tale of the Tape Boxing Podcast on iTunes, Spreaker, and Google Play, and be sure to subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel Today, follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, then it was the WBO Junior Lightweight Championship of the World on the line. HBO MGM National Harbor in Oxon Hill, Maryland. Vasilo Machenko versus Jason Sosa in the main event. Sosa coming into this fight, Vin, getting a lot of love. A lot of people praising him for sort of the road that he's taken. He didn't have the amateur background. I, I, I don't even think he started boxing until he was 21 years old. No, not an easy road to this fight. No. And so, you know, and, and, and you know, Lomachenko has been so, you know, impressive in his last few fights that I think people wanted to see Lomachenko get tested in this fight. Mm-hmm. Jason Sosa, he may have been game then. I was sitting here about, I don't know, 45 miles away from the MGM National Harbor, upstairs from the studio, watching the fight. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you from my angle, 
this was a complete disparity of levels. Yeah, I, I could not believe what I was saying. I'll, I'll say this right now. For anybody who likes watching Vasil Lomachenko fight, make it a – put it on your bucket list to go see him live because it is just something to fucking marvel at. The, this guy's movement around the ring, his footwork, unfucking believable And just the relentless, you know, I don't want to say it's not like a, a heavy arsenal attack – but you have no time to think or breathe or react. He is always, he's always making you think. You are never making him think. He's a, just a step ahead of you in the ring at all times. I could not have been more fucking impressed with that performance. And obviously, yes, Jason Sosa is not the greatest 130-pound fighter in the world. He's a top 10 fighter. He's very tough. But, uh, man, I did not expect him to see, to see him be brought down to the level that Lomachenko brought him down to, really. Vince, let me ask you a question. Correct me if I'm wrong. You were in Atlantic City for Sergio Martinez versus Paul Williams Part 2. Absolutely. Sergio in his prime, okay, that would be considered Sergio's prime, Mm -hmm. was considered, you know, arguably at least north of 160 pounds, right? The most athletic fighter in the world. Right. Uh, Quick twitch. Fast firing. That knockout is still one for the ages. It was knockout of the year back then, wasn't it? Yes. Um, you know, is a memorable, memorable second round stoppage by Sergio Martinez. It, it had to have been, I wasn't at the fight, but it had to have been impressive just to witness such athletic prowess and explosiveness. Vasil Lomachenko looks to me from afar. I haven't seen him in person yet. So this, this is my question for you. How fucking fast is he? In person, it, it, it's it, it's honestly, Ken. You you see him standing in front of the fighter. You see him throwing punches, and it's almost like I don't even know what to say. It's it's like he fucking teleports. He rotates <laughs> 180 degrees around his opponent before you even know what happens. I mean, the the opponent is literally facing the ropes with nothing there, and 180 degrees on the other side of him is Lomachenko, like that. Like that, and you spin around, and he's right on top of you. I, it's just something that you don't see any other fighter do in boxing. So it's 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 just so easy to appreciate. Now you know, is you, you hear people kind of complaining after this fight about is he too pitter pattery of a puncher? He doesn't have one punch knockout power. You know, blah 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 blah. I don't care if you're going to fight like that, and you systematically just absolutely break somebody down physically and mentally and make a guy that is very good look very bad. I, I'm, I, dude, I, you can throw in whatever competition you want to throw in with him. I'm sorry, Ken. The guy is just on a different fucking level. You can say I'm fanboying it up, whatever you want. I, I, I've witnessed it live, and I'm telling you right now, if his next fight is in Chicago, I'm booking a flight, brother. I'm going. I enjoyed watching him live that fucking much. That's awesome, man. I mean, uh, you know, I've been to fucking 20 fights in my life. I don't know, 25 fights. I've been to a lot of fucking fights. Uh, he is by far one of the most fun guys I've had to see live. He has to come off that good in person. I mean, watching him on TV, you know, you, you, you get the luxury of literally just focusing on what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But you don't get to see on TV is you cannot appreciate you don't get the eye test so much. You know what I mean? Right. You don't actually get to appreciate the physical, you know, athletic dominance of this guy. Mm-hmm. I've been saying for a long time, and I haven't gone as far as saying that he may be 
the best in the world at this, but I'm pretty, I'm, you know, I'm pretty well convinced now that Vasil Lomachenko is the most athletic fighter in boxing. I think he's the quickest. I think he has fuck Amir Khan's hand speed. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, wow. So Amir Khan can fucking levitate a water bottle with his fucking hand speed. Right? That is fucking Ellie Secback. That, that's at least 150,000 views. Oh, you know it. You know what I mean? But then you got guys like us that would fucking talk about his glass jaw. Uh, 500 views. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Like, that's the thing with Lomachenko, okay? People want to discredit him because he's so good. He's so good. They say, they say, well, Vin, Ken, I mean, uh, he hasn't fought anybody. I mean, come on. I mean, look at Sosa. This guy was, you know, he was clearly levels above Sosa. I mean, uh, if I'm going to give, if I'm going to give Lomachenko all the props in the world, he's going to have to fight somebody legitimate next. Meanwhile, I'm, t- I'm sitting here trying to think to myself, I'm just trying to think about how many people in the first eight fights of their career have been world champion in two divisions. How many people, the first fights in their career have fought a schedule Mm -hmm. of Orlando Salido, Gary Russell, Jr., Rocky Martinez, Nicholas Walters, and Jason Sosa. That's five of his fights. That's more than half the fights he's ever fought. But, Oh, he needs to show me that he's going to step up and, and take on this. I'm telling you right now, Vin, I've been biting my tongue. I'm glad you came over this week. I'm glad we got a little bit of time to sneak this in mm-hmm. with the new baby here because I've been fuming over this. <laughs> I've been absolutely fuming over this. I'm telling Get you right out. now. Get it out, brother. When Vasil Lomachenko mentions Mikey Garcia, I believe he means it. Here's why. Everybody just assumes Mikey Garcia is bigger than Lomachenko. Meanwhile, Lomachenko is actually an inch taller. Lomachenko looked physically big in this fight. His fucking endurance and his athleticism. Uh, listen, I'm not going to compare Mikey Garcia with Lomachenko in that category because Lomachenko didn't take two years off to fucking be selfish. Right. Okay? Mikey Garcia went away from boxing. Could probably care less if it didn't involve large amounts of money. Yes. Is he one of the ten best fighters in the world? Absolutely no doubt about it. We saw the Pac-Man do it at fucking five foot six. Mm-hmm. This guy's an inch taller. Okay, I don't care if he doesn't knock people out. Pac-Man made a run being the small guy in the division, and Vasil Lomachenko is twice the natural, talented fighter that Manny Pacquiao ever was. Vasil Lomachenko would slice and dice Mikey Garcia. I hear these people saying, oh, 135's the limit for Lomachenko. He'll bite off more than he can chew. I'm telling you right now, 147, that may be more than he can chew mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. But I'm telling you right now, all the way to 140 pounds, that includes Mikey Garcia. Vasily Lomachenko will fucking turn them into thinly sliced carrots. Yeah, I mean, look. Ginsu style. The, the only question that would, be, that would have to be answered for me as far as those fights go would be, can he take a punch if, he, if he's to get landed on by a, a Mikey Garcia or a Terrence Crawford? And I, honestly, I probably think at the end of the day, you know, Mikey Garcia works uh, at 135, I think is a perfect weight for him. But sure. I think before that fight happens, he might try to see him yank Lomachenko up to 140 for that fight. And, I, you know, I don't think there's any rush to make that fight either. I know people want it now. And I, dude, if it was the next fight lined up, absolutely, I fucking take it. I don't think there's really any rush for Lomachenko to move from where he's at right now, only because there's some fucking good fights to make, dude. There's good fights at 130, and I'd really, if he jumps to the Flanagan fight for me, 
to me, that's cheap. I, I, I understand he wants to acquire belts in different weight classes, and their goal is to be, what, three a three-weight champion by their 10th fight. So, obviously, that's probably going to happen. It just seems like a cheap belt grab. But, you're, but, 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 but then, not to cut you off, but you're not going to unify four different divisions. No, absolutely so, so not. So, at some point, you have to plant your roots. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and maybe 130 and 130, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, like maybe 130 is just a fucking pedestal. And he, at some point, he's going to settle into that maximum weight. Right. Otherwise, I, he's going to run into a brick wall. Right. It, it just, I get, sometimes I just get a little aggravated with belt grabbing. Just to, just to say, because it's, it, you know, you sh- show me any five or six weight champion, and I'll show you at least one belt they won that you could go, yeah, that was a fucking cheap. Oh, I mean, Pacquiao, there's David. There's four Di- of them. Pacquiao, David Diaz. There's, yeah. it, they, they exist everywhere. You know, I, Broner's whole career. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, there you go. I mean, they're, they're all over the fucking place. I mean, half the UK fighters that have belts yeah. right now. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, have been vacant inheritances. <laughs> right. yeah. no, 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 you're right, dude. You're right. Yeah, it, it, to me that there's no rush in my eyes to do that. But I'm not. This isn't my fucking. That's his career. They do. They have their own vision for him. I'm not even. I, look, I'm not even going to that point. Right. I'm telling you as from what I see, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with fandomonium. Here, here's what I see. I see a fighter that has been able to develop a enter- super entertaining style and is kind of it's not it, it's not going to be what Manny Pacquiao was but he's able he's the type of fighter that has developed his own style that is nobody else's style nobody else in boxing is able to do the things that Lomachenko d- does much like Manny Pacquiao in his prime so he's he's able he's been able to just fucking dude he's 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 carving out a career that I, you know, no matter who you put him up up against, every opponent I feel like at this point, even at one thirty, you're gonna, he's gonna be a fighter much like Golovkin now that is judged on a fucking curve. That no matter what his performance is, everybody's gonna want to see more, or they're going to downplay the opponent. That that's where I see this guy's career fucking going, man. It's too bad. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's too bad. I could honestly care less about all the you know the fanboy chatter that surrounds this guy. Look, I, I, I'm going strictly off of what this guy does in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, I have never seen... I've, I've said it on the show before, okay? That since I've been watching boxing seriously, okay? I, I mean, honestly, the best all-around fighter that I've seen, and this is based off of probably 2008 to 2012-ish, mm-hmm. was Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez. Everybody right. else just got tuned on to this guy when he fucking showed up on a, on a Golovkin under right, right, you know what I mean? Right. But from that time period, from 08, there was nobody in the world that was nastier, had a bigger attack, power punching at that weight class. Right. He was the best boxer in the world. He was everything. He was Manny Pacquiao, Vasily Lomachenko, and Floyd Mayweather all wrapped into one. No, you're right. He was. You, you know what I mean? But now I'm starting to pivot a little bit as to, because we know where Chocolatito is. He's, I think he wins the rematch with Rung Vise. I honestly right. do, if that, you know, if that comes off. Um, but, you know, we're sort of stepping into a new day of boxing. And I think Vasily Lomachenko, for me, anyways, Vin, right now, I've never seen a guy since I've been alive watching boxing that has the footwork and the athleticism and the hand speed of Vasily Lomachenko. Right. People downplay it's, it. People so badly want to think that guys like Gary Russell Jr. are victims because they don't get as much shine as their talent deserves, right? Right. Here's the thing, though, man. Like, when you talk about Vasily Lomachenko beating Gary Russell, oh, Gary was just a bum. Oh, Gary was just a bum. No, 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 no. Vince, you said it on this show before that fight. 
you said, Kenny, I think Gary Russell Jr. has the fastest hands in boxing. Yeah. And we saw the guy, and, and that's not to say he didn't or doesn't. Right. But we saw that guy who was perceived by you, by me, by boxing fans around the world to be the perceived superior athlete, not only the superior athlete in the fight, but the superior athlete in the sport. That, yeah, that's Get just... Get completely out-athleted. Yeah. He got hard, phys- physically dominated. Hard for some to accept watching that fight, too, because you, you, you see a fighter in Gary Russell and you see a fighter in, in Lomachenko and you just... It's, it doesn't. It doesn't compute. You look at Gary Russell. Yeah, I know you're. I you know, know you're you saying. know what I'm saying. It, yeah. It's hard for some people to accept that fact, and I th- I think that's a lot to do with the way people feel about Lomachenko. And look, I, I you know I get the fucking crowd of people that is not ready to crown Lomachenko as a you know one of the five best pound for pound fighters in the world. Fight. I get it too, Vin. Do that's your fucking prerogative, but. If you're not willing to admit that he is one of the five best fighters that you watch right now, you're fucking lying to yourself. Yeah. Don't be ignorant, man. You, you, any boxing fan that watches as much fight as many fights as we do, uh, I'm gonna give you thirty seconds. You've named me fucking five fighters better than <laughs> Vasil Lomachenko right now. You can't get past two or three. You can't get past two or three. Uh, I'll take it to the extreme. I'll be a troll. I'll be a troll. You tell me the last time you saw somebody physically as impressive as Vasily Lomachenko since Roy Jones well, Jr. We're also easily, you know, very easily, we'll just brush Nicholas Walters and how good everybody thought he was aside. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah no. He sucks now, Ken. Have you seen a fighter? Since, okay, Roy Jones Jr. was mm-hmm. sort of what Vasily Lomachenko is athle- oh, yeah. athletically. Yes. Yeah, some would say, oh, nah, you know, you know, Roy, you know, Roy was, is a lot bigger. And yeah. for a bigger man to be as athletic as Roy Jones Jr. was. He's just an impressive of a fighter. They're the, with the same... It's the same cut from the same cloth. Right. Their styles couldn't be... Com- Look, Roy Jones relied on that athleticism to get him in his power. Yes. As soon as that athleticism started to wane, you saw what happened. Well, guess what? Lomachenko don't have Roy Jones' power. No, he does but not. But he does have Roy Jones. I would say Roy Jones' hand speed is equivalent to Lomachenko's feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, yeah, that's a very good comparison. Um, I don't know, man. You, uh, accuse me of fanboying if you want. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? The fact remains. I appreciate is, what I watch. When I see good boxing, I'm not going to fucking, you know, be some cynic that says, hey, he didn't beat him. He didn't beat him. Look at, look at what you're fucking seeing, dude. That's as simple as that. Well, Vin, how dare anybody bring into facts into this conversation? <laughs> you know? Oh, what? His eighth fight? He should have fought King Kong by now. <laughs> I mean, come on. What are you guys doing over there? <laughs> oh, is he, is he the best ever? Why hasn't he beaten McGregor yet? <laughs> you know what I mean? When's he moving up to fight Wilder, dude? Yeah. You know? I mean, come on. Wilder is clearly better. He's taller. Yeah. Punches harder. I mean, dude, he's 6'9". He's 5'7". How could Lomachenko be better? <laughs> There's that. Hey, you know it. I mean, it's coming in this guy's career. These conversations are going to they're gonna be much along the lines of the Triple G conversations <laughs> we've been having for two years. You're exactly right. And then, and then behind them are the Rigo fans <laughs> bringing up the rear going, well, 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 but uh, let me throw some Rigo on this. I, mean, I saw Katie Taylor touch him up in sparring. So somebody was it you or somebody or or, or or Steve Kim? Somebody on Twitter was talking about, you know, how Lomachenko and you know, oh, you should fight Rigo and blah blah blah, and everybody was trying to bring Rigo into the conversation for some reason, and the fact that oh, Lomachenko wants to move up for to a third weight class. Somebody responded and said, 
Rigo's been at Super Bantamweight his entire. Was that you? No, that was Montero. It I was think. it Montero? Yeah. Yeah. He's been at the same weight class yeah. his entire career, but nobody, no, nobody no calls for him to move up in nah, weight class. No, nah, he doesn't need to be tested, Ken. But if Lomachenko moves up and takes a cheapie against Terry Flanagan, up, oh, up, oh, sacrilegious. <laughs> it's fucking, it's a joke, isn't it, man? Uh, Unbelievable. It's hilarious, man. It's hilarious. All right, so Lomachenko, um, you know what? Why not throw a little conversation into this where some people were getting a little bit more than IBS. They were taking it to seriously butthurt. I mean, <laughs> rashed out butthurt, you know, on the fact that Lomachenko. Spread some desitin on him over there, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <Is> anybody? <laughs> I need some baby powder. My balls are chafed. Uh, I, I don't understand. Okay, I'll just ask you before I get to my opinion on this. Vin, what did you think about Lomachenko's antics in the ring? I mean, at that point, I you know, look, everybody gives a fighter shit for showing off or showing up an opponent. Sure. I, I, I get it. It's semi-disrespectful in the ring. But when you are fucking dominating like that and you feel an obligation to kind of entertain along with it dude look it, it is what it fucking is i'm not getting bent out of shape about that but if it was a black fighter can i bet i would you'd be heated <laughs> i mean I, I yeah i find it ironic that floyd mayweather could literally dig his heel into the dirt and run laps around the outside of the ring but that is not considered showboating or him taunting every opponent that he had not engaging them telling them that guess what I just destroyed you. I don't have to do anything for these last two or three rounds because the judges' pockets are fat. I'm going to run around in circles. That's okay, though. See, here's the thing, man. Look, the whole taunting and whatever, that's fine. Okay, I get it. I heard a podcaster out there on another show come out and say, oh, well, you know, um, you know, Danny Jacobs was out there, and he, um, when he landed a big punch and was excited about it, they got they hurt his feelings because he was black. <laughs> they hurt his feelings. His feelings were hurt. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it's like, there's a big difference. It's the, the, the same reason people were giving Danny Jacobs shit about showboating wasn't because he was black. It's the same exact reason that fans in the National Football League get fucking pissed off at a player who makes a sack and does a little dance by pulling back a bow and arrow when his team is down by 21. I feel you. You know what I mean? It's like it's one thing to say, you know what, I'm dominating this. Fight. I'm going to show you how easy it is. Right. Right? That is accepted by all cultures, is it not? Have we I mean, not played basketball on playgrounds before? How long has the bolo punch been around, Ken? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The problem why it doesn't fit and it doesn't work with Danny Jacobs is he was losing. You yeah. don't showboat when you're getting it stuck to you by a jab. <laughs> you're not outboxing your opponent no. when you're getting beat by a jab. Well, I'm not going to argue with that at all. I think that's a fucking great comparison. You're you're exactly right. It's like celebrating a second. Now, you know, was Danny Jacobs down 20 to nothing? No, 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 but, no, no, no. But he was not winning the fight. So the, the celebrating just doesn't, or the trying to show up your opponent in some fucking odd way just doesn't, it doesn't work. It, I'm sorry, it doesn't. But to throw racism on top of it, to say, to come out and say because the guy that you have slobbed his knob for such a long time lost a fight, we're going to go that far, that he didn't get respect 
for his showboating because he's black? No, come on. I didn't even consider it showboating. <laughs> <laughs> Watching the fight, I wasn't like, oh, Danny Jacobs is fucking showboating way too much here. No, but we got to bring it. And look, listen, listen, <laughs> listen, listen to my voice. This is your safe space. Follow my voice. I'm, I'm feeling you. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, it just blows my mind, man. It's crazy. Just blows my mind. And you know what? It's disappointing. But 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 I will say this: it is it is very very good to see that Vasily Lomachenko is doing pretty good ratings on HBO. He did about nine hundred thousand for a guy that was fighting in an arena twenty five hundred. Um, was, they won't be fighting in an arena with twenty five hundred next time. He could have easily done double that. Well, easily. they. I, I heard Bob Arum say that if they do to go to Chicago, where you said you would purchase a flight and go to the fight, I, I will. It'll be in a twelve thousand seat arena. Well, good. I, I, look, I think he could fill that easily. And I'll tell you this, just from being at a fight in Chicago back in 2009, MMA fight, seeing Fedor fight, that place was fucking packed to the gills with Ruskies. Didn't you meet uh, or didn't you have a famous encounter with a professional prize fighter oh, while in Chicago, Vin? Yeah, one, uh, one merciless Ray Mercer. <laughs> just so happened to fucking meet him. At a Chili's fucking bar across from our hotel. Chili's restaurant? Yeah, Chili's restaurant in the bar. The Southwestern Grill. Hey, baby back ribs, baby. Pre-fight baby back ribs, I'm there. <laughs> so we go in there, and there's nobody there but him and, his, him and his, uh, his promoter at the time, which he was an MMA fighter. He just knocked out uh, Tim Sylvia in like one second. So he was making his soiree into the MMA. I'm going to tell you this. I'll go as far as saying this. We met him. We had a fucking great time with him. He got fucking completely hammered met him later on at the fight had drinks with him at the bar end up walking around the stadium with him somehow my buddy that went uh, we flew there he imagined he was able to sneak weed on a plane i'll fly, i'll never i was like dude you get caught <laughs> it wasn't me i'm going i don't care but so what you're saying is you smoked with ray mercer well not he uh, let's just say ray mercer smoked all of our weed <laughs> and i wasn't fucking stopping him <laughs> Uh, it dude. was fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> Ray Mercer's probably look at these two little white marks. Dude, he was fucking hammered backstage <laughs> trying to fight Andre Arlovsky and just making a complete drunken ass of himself, and I'm standing right next to him. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in Ray's corner. Dude, I was, it was unfucking believable The night's over. He's like, <laughs> it was me and my buddy. He's like, I swear to y'all, next fight, y'all coming, y'all going to be in my corner. I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's one of the best stories of all time. Right it was there. it was uh, one of the most interesting fucking nights of my life. Oh, that is awesome, man. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Love it. Oh, fucking Ray Mercer making an appearance. I'll tell you what, he's the scariest motherfucking puncher I could remember. Growing up. <laughs> oh man, hey, you know, speaking of scary punchers, or at least what happened uh, in the in the co-feature, the nail. Impressive. <laughs> Put it in the coffin of Unesky Gonzalez. Impressive, boy. Very Alexander Gavazdich, man. Um, coming into the fight, I think Chalemba makes anybody look a little, Yeah, you know what I mean? He did the same thing to Kovalev. I mean, it's just his style. Right. I'll tell you what, any question I had about Gavazdich was answered. I think he's a little He's a little too um, risky. I think he's Oh yeah. He's he's way more hyperactive than Kovalev. Mm-hmm. Similar style, straight up and down, he's fight, kinda, fight on their toes. He's kind of like halfway in between uh, Kovalev and Betterbiev in styles. You know what? That's a good comparison. You know what I mean? He's got the recklessness of Betterbiev and the boxing acumen of Kovalev. I'll tell you what I noticed about Gavazdich is he don't waste no time. He comes right at you, right down the middle, uh, and he's 
He punches to inflict pain. He's not in there to fucking dance around and, and fucking box. He's he wants to get his opponent out of there. Yeah, I wasn't the most impressive part of his game to me, Ken. Fucking accurate, accurate punching, man. Very accurate punching. His power impressed me, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, look, when you come down the middle and you, look, and your most accurate punches, especially when you're when you're head hunting, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, are going to be your straight punches. I give him credit for that. Yuneski Gonzalez was tailor-made for him in a lot of ways. Mm. I thought that this was going to be a war. And I thought after the first round it was going to be a war. It did look like it. I thought old Panthro came out looking <laughs> strong. Panthro. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought the round one was going to be repeated over and over and over again. And I thought eventually Gavozdich was going to get frustrated, a little down on himself or whatever, right. because it was going to be constant pressure. No. No, he didn't. He didn't even blink at what Uneski threw at him in the first round. No. It was just like, get that shit out of my face. I need to knock you out. He's not a very physically imposing dude, is he, Gavazdic? He just looks like he he doesn't have a mean look to him. He just kind of he just looks like a little kid almost in the face. He's, and he comes out and just with the style that is not, he's not a, just doesn't come across as an aggressive guy. Mm-mm. Fucking goes for it, dude. Stays on his toes. Yes. He does not fight on his heels. No, he does not. And you see that, you know, you have to draw comparisons, not only because it's the weight classes, not only because that there would be an ability because of um, certain people being involved between Sergei Kovalev and Gavozdich. The fact that he's fourth in the rankings if Kovalev were to win back the belts from Ward in the rematch in June, right? So, look, to me, I think that's easy to make the comparisons with Sergei Kovalev, Eastern Bloc trained. Right. To me, the the biggest similarities between the two is Gavostic is on his toes. He is bouncing. He is prancing. He is pouncing forward at all times. Mm-hmm. You're not going to catch him backing up to reset. No. You're either going to wear him down or he's going to fucking knock you out. Do I think that Gavostic, I think he's a little bit better than Betterbiev. I think Betterbiev's stationary. I think that there yeah. is a hitability and a little bit of a wildness with the with the wider punches right. that are Totally comparable with Gavostich and Paterviev. Right. Oh, I think I think Paterviev could overwhelm you a little bit a little bit better than than Gavostich could, but I think Gavostich is all around a more polished fighter. Yeah, you're not going to see uh, uh, Paterviev coming down the middle, fucking hammering you with a straight right the entire time. No, no. he's going to go Wolverine style on you and fucking just he'll, he'll steamroll you. Yeah, exactly. He'll knee you on your way down after he punches you. You know, look, we were a little critical of the state of the 175-pound division before. You know, it has a lot to do with Adonis Stevenson, but before Andre Ward was really serious about the first fight with Kovalev. Yeah. I think with Gavozdich kind of making his run back up, I don't know what's going on with Paterbiev. He had a comeback fight. Yeah. Are, are we going to see him again? All of these dates have been canceled. PBC on ESPN, to me, logically, I'm not a promoter. I'm just a guy who fucking wastes his money uh, making uh, idiots fucking millionaires. <laughs> You know what I mean? But to me, if I were a promoter, instead of wasting my money supporting these idiots, I would take Paterbiev and I would headline him on ESPN every two months. Why not? He would be my ESPN fighter. Yeah. Well, I don't think they have the money to do it, Ken. And Yvonne Michelle's like, where is my sugar daddy? Amongst other issues that we may hear about down the line. Yeah. Yeah. There are some, uh, yeah, there's some things in the pipeline. Oh, there's some things. (laughs) Some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some skeletons. <laughs> some skeletons in the closet. All right, so Alexander Gavozdich defeats Uneski Gonzalez. Impressive, impressive knockout victory. 
um, the opening fight on the telecast, Vin, the WBO cruiserweight champion, the 2015 uh, prospect of the year here on the Boxing Rant, Alexander Usyk taking on uh, former U.S. Olympian Michael Hunter. Um, this was a fight, Vin. Usyk coming into this, I thought this was going to be easy pickings for him. Mm-hmm. Proved to be another tough matchup for him. I mean, not that a fighter who you regard to be superior, right? you know, world-class, one of the best in the world at his weight class, um, you know, you should be able to beat anybody, which he did. He destroyed this guy. He just struggled for the first three rounds, and then the perception came in. And I look, I'll, I'll just get right to it. You can tell me what you think. To me, Alexander Usyk's performance, while it seemed a little rogue that he may have gone against the wishes of his corner, while he may have played with his food a little bit, which you know drives me absolutely fucking crazy, mm-hmm. I think what has completely distorted every boxing person who watched the telecast's mind when they discuss about this fight, HBO did Usyk an enormous disservice. An enormous disservice. The first 30 seconds of the fight, they drop the premise that he's going to move to heavyweight because he's too good for cruiserweight. Yeah, they didn't even give him a chance. Right out of the gate. Well, that's that's fucking Max, dude. That's Max Kellerman for you. They can't he can't fucking help it but push the agenda and and push what may be this fucking grand star for HBO to promote for the next five years. It's just it's like, dude, come just it's never let him be who the fuck he's gonna be, would you? Every time they blow their fucking wad, these guys fall flat on their face. Regardless if it's a shitty performance, regardless if these guys aren't as good as they were billed to be. It doesn't matter. They can never... Usyk did not stand, like you said, he didn't have a an opportunity to define himself in the ring because had that narrative not been pumped along and then it drug out for two or three rounds until he got his... You know, he, he fucking played with his food. Well, as they're saying, you're... There's a lot of people that are seeing him for the first time or the second time watching this guy fight. So before he even gets a chance to establish himself in this fight, Max is ready to tell you how the next three or four years of his career is going to go. But you're watching at the same time going, I don't know. This guy doesn't look really that good in the first three rounds. Not that good. He doesn't look like he's going to be right. the fucking unified heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, yeah, it was way, I mean, just fucking stretching, stretching, stretching so badly. All right. So all that aside, all right, let's get to the fight. Mm-hmm. Because I do have a bunch of criticisms of Alexander Usyk, okay? I think when he fights against an orthodox fighter, I think one of the things that he struggles with is his jab. All right, he throws that right hand over the right shoulder. Every time he fights an orthodox fighter, they take that lead left shoulder and they duck it inside on him. So when he's throwing his right-handed jab, being a southpaw, right? Mm-hmm. When he's bringing that right-handed jab, it goes over the shoulder of his opponent. Now, granted, he's a good two or three inches taller than everybody he fights, mm-hmm. okay? This fight, he only had about an inch or two on his opponent, but he still found the same problem with the jab early. The high guard throws people for a fucking loop. Right. Right? Right. People don't know how to deal with that shit. They're like, what? Is this Salfredo Angulo? Mm-hmm. Is, you know what I mean? It's, it's not a style that is used very much. But lost in all of that because it is easy to get hit up the middle. It is easy to be open for uppercuts when you're in the high guard. It was also some very superior head movement. Yeah. He dodged a lot of huge shots. 
His footwork, he looked flat-footed, and he looked uncomfortable. He looked agitated by his corner. Whoever was giving him instructions did a horrible job. Mm-hmm. He didn't listen to a fucking thing. They, dude, in the fourth round when he opened up that body attack, his trainer says to him, you need to start pumping out two, three jabs at a time. Two, three jabs at a time. Meanwhile, Usyk clearly can't get the jab on him because he's throwing it over his fucking left shoulder right. every single time. So what does Usyk do? Starts throwing thunder to the body. And it takes Jim and them all the way to the end of the round to acknowledge it, right? And all the while, apparently this guy's struggling. Vince, I didn't see it. I saw a guy that had technically was not set up properly to throw a successful jab in this fight. Mm-hmm. The body work was important. His footwork was a little awkward, too. I felt like they were, cl- they were stepping on each other's foot the entire time for the first couple rounds. I'm not making excuses, dude. Usyk has some things to work on. He's got to learn how to fucking jab because the majority of fighters he's going to go against, especially if he moves up to the heavyweight division, they're going to be orthodox fighters. And if he can't figure out how to get that jab under the chin as, as opposed to going over the shoulder, it's not going to work. Because when he gets to heavyweight, if that's the plan, which clearly it is, fucking HBO let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not going to be able to jab like that. No. Look, I'll tell you, the biggest thing for me after that fight is I thought that Michael Hunter was probably maybe the absolute worst opponent you could have you could have picked for Usyk in that fight. And that's not to make an excuse for Usyk at all. But you picked the one guy as a matchmaker that might be that might have quicker feet than Usyk in the division that might be able to move and box just as good as the guy that as your guy that that's his biggest advantage coming into every fight so you've now m- mitigated that when when this fight before this yeah, fight let's even take started, away a guy's biggest I, I mean that's just my opinion and, and look i i talked to steve kim after the fight and he you know, i'm say he disagreed with me but there's not people were, didn't see it the same way as i did I, look to me, I noticed you mentioned the footwork being awkward. What I noticed was he seemed lost. Like he didn't seem like he could, he didn't know where to start. And so he'd start, but he just kind of got lost in, in what he was doing in there. I didn't notice a lot of adjustments. This kind of would have been a fight where I would have liked to have seen him at least being there live. Usyk looked like a fucking heavyweight in there against this kid. He was way bigger, and I just don't think he used any bit of his physical advantage in this fight at all. It's not a style. No, it's not. But in a fight like that, you would like to be able to see a fighter maybe implement a bit of that style. But what if you can what if you can outthrow your opponent in a capacity I mean he out he outthrows his opponent by about three hundred punches. He's you know, a cruiserweight who throws in this fight almost a thousand punches. Right. What if you're able to, I mean, I think there's an expectation, and I don't, I don't know if you kind of see it through this prism or not, but I think there's this expectation with these Eastern European and these Asian fighters, the fighters from the old Russian uh, you know, fight factory, that these guys somehow are going to have Ivan Drago power. Like, oh, yeah. just because they're, oh, if he's, if he's a good white guy, he must be powerful. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the only way he got there. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't possibly yeah. be a boxer. No. Look, Usyk's style served him well in the amateurs because he is awkward. He is big for anybody he's going to fight against, mm-hmm. especially if he stays around 200 pounds. His, you cannot time him. You cannot get down his rhythm. Michael Hunter had good success. That's fine. Michael Hunter's probably a really good fighter. Right. I'm not saying he's ever going to win a belt, but clearly he's not a bum. No. Okay? Clearly Usyk is not progressed 
to um, Floyd Mayweather's status yet or Joe Calzaghe's status yet. Still developing a pro style. In his 12th fight. Uh, I'm sorry, he's not quite there yet. But there's some truths in this fight also, Vin. I get your perspective on it that he looked like he was a little bit lost. I get it. To me, that same sort of maybe the things you were drawing from to make that opinion made me feel like Usyk had a look on his face the entire fight like he was really fucking agitated. But in like a, like this guy was annoying him. Not in like a, like, oh, this guy's pissing me off. He's making me angry because he's fucking awkward. Like he, he, he was totally disconnected from his corner. He looked like he was out there doing whatever he wanted. People can say the comparison, like, look, I'll bring up the, the school of Papachenko thing right here. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think the fact that Lomachenko's father was not going to be in the corner for one of his other fighters when his son is the main event. Okay. Mm-hmm. You can't expect his dad to be out there in the corner while his son is trying to get his mind right for a fight. Right. So if your trainer's not there, I mean, how many times have we seen these guys who have fill in trainers and then there's something missing with the fighter? They're like, okay, whatever, man. Like, I don't even listen to this guy in training camp. Mm-hmm. Who was that guy? He was speaking like four, four words in Usyk's language. And Usyk was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? He was just like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I think there's a lot of, a lot of it may have boiled down to this too, Ken. I, that was, let's be honest, that was Usyk's biggest night on, on American boxing TV. You know, I, I, I think there was a bit of an expectation for him to end that fight in grand fashion, as there was, he should have. Yeah, as there the ref was, stole it from him. Yeah, no, he, he easily could have been stopped at the end for sure. But I think that may throw pa- the towel, Rock. <laughs> I think that may have played into a bit of his frustration and maybe the way he performed in that fight. You know, reaching and trying to go for something that wasn't there. I I don't know. Look, I'm not going to judge the kid based on this fucking performance. No, he no. still is a very very highly skilled boxer. And in the cruiserweight division, on his feet and with hand speed and just kind of being an athletic cruiserweight, he's the best in the world right now. Uh, is he the best cruiserweight in the world? I don't know. There's, there's probably a bunch of guys out there that would give him, I think, Lebedev give him a serious test. There's plenty of guys out there. But, but let, let's let Usyk be Usyk. You know, don't fucking, that, that HBO fucking narrative was unbelievable. And it's unfair to the kid. It's just completely unfair because now everybody thinks he's a fucking bust they they shit in their own laps yes they did and they did it in a matter of fucking 12 minutes unbelievable you know what look i'm completely with you on the guy man i mean yes have we hyped this guy have we been behind him since day one yeah absolutely there's questions though most people don't even can't name five cruiserweights okay (laughs) no let's be honest yeah right so he probably gets viewed through that same prism of, ah, oh, cruiserweight's the worst because it's all a bunch of European white guys. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people other than Vasily Lomachenko that have less than 12 fights that are considered the best in the world in their division. No, there's not too many of them oh, out there. Oh, but Vin, we're all, we're all we're grading them all on the same scale. <laughs> the problem is when you're not being graded on the victim scale. Yeah. Don't forget about that victim scale now. It's more important. There's a pot of gold at the end of it. It's rainbow colored. 
All right, so the Ukrainian invasion takes place at MGM National Harbor. Overall experience, Vin, 1 to 10, how do you rate it? Oh, it was a fucking 10, man. Uh, met Steve there. Steve was a top-notch fucking dude, way too nice. He was too nice to me. Too nice? Too nice. Yeah, he told you in person that he liked the show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to rub elbows with Tom Loeffler for a second, man. It was a great night. Oh, Absolutely awesome, Absolutely great night. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man. Ah, be- but you're a dad now, Ken. That's the greatest gift in the world. What are you complaining about? I'm also a world-famous podcaster, Vin. <laughs> yeah. Based on all the attention I was getting at, uh, at MGM National Harbor, boy. I said to Vince, I was like, hey, Vin, I uh, said you're running down any of our listeners there. He was like, nope, with a emoji of, of a sad face with a tear coming down it. <laughs> My 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 soul was crushed, Ken. He's like, "Hey, Tom, uh, you want to come over to a podcast sometime?" And Tom was like, "Who?" <laughs> it, it almost like it almost happened like that. Tail of the tape boxing podcast. Mm, mm. Never heard of it. The boxing voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was good time, man. Good, good. April eighth, uh, this past Saturday night, HBO MGM National Harbor. Oxen Hill, Maryland, uh, Vasily Lomachenko, Alexander Usyk defend their WBO championships. Alexander Gavozdich sends a message to the 175-pound division with a uh, dominant performance against Panthro, a.k.a. Uneski Gonzalez. <clears throat> then we had a fight over in the U.K. that has uh, capitalized once again on, I think somebody said it this week on another podcast, was that, you know, instead of having um, Facebook and all these illegal streams beat you to the punch, why not just make a little money with Twitter? Hey, how about that? Terry Flanagan versus Peter Petroff. I know most in attendance at the MGM National Harbor were sitting there at the bar watching it on Twitter. I was not. (laughs) (laughs) What were you doing? I told you. There was about 68 Jack and Cokes involved in the evening, and I was getting primed up for the... Fight that was going to happen in front of my face. Oh, getting teed up. Missed the Kavalowskis uh, KO. Yeah, I walked in a little late on that one. Sorry. So oh, you missed well. the Flanagan fight. Good. Oh, oh well. Darn. Right. Look, Darn. I'll put it to you like this, man. Petrov had good game, good heart, yeah. good motor. Um, he had, I guess, the more power of the two. Yeah. Terry Flanagan fucking literally pot-shotted his way to victory with some of the weakest jabs and some of the weakest 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 left hands i've ever seen you know, you know why i don't i didn't watch this fight and i don't really care because the outcome was a foregone conclusion petrov had no fucking chance to win this fight unless he knocked out flanagan and petrov's not a knockout puncher no he's a grinder so, so i you know look i know what flanagan is and i'm sorry yes is, is terry flanagan a good fighter uh, yes he's solid fucking boxer great great but he's just not i'm sorry i don't view him on a level of I gotta gotta catch that Flanagan fight because I've seen him. He's a tall sa- southpaw in a division f- full of short orthodox fighters. I'm not running to my fucking computer to watch that fight. I'll watch it eventually, but I don't. It's not like I fuck. I gotta see it right now. I'm not a true boxing fan if I don't watch the Terry Flanagan fight, Ken. It's pretty easy to see why Mikey Garcia is frothing at the mouth of a unification with Terry yeah. Flanagan. Everybody is. It's the it's one of the easiest belts to grab in boxing right now. Sorry, Terry Flanagan fans. The guy is f- good. Fine. I'm not hating on him. Yeah. He, he is what it is. Then stop hating on him. Drinking <laughs> haterade again. Drinking haterade. 
All right, we got one fight preview. Do you, do you still have your subscription to Cloud TV? I do. Well, it's on AWE, live from Glasgow, Scotland, April 15th, 2017. It is the, I think Ricky Burns will probably fight until he's like 50. What do you think? <laughs> he's got a rabid following over Adrian there. Adrian Broner will be handing him belts for for days. <laughs> Every time Adrian Broner goes to a weigh-in with the championship, Ricky Burns will inherit the wealth. I, I don't know what to think of this fight, you know. Julius Ndongo, man, he... um. I think he put on m- quite a performance. I, I think Julius Ndongo might have a little bit too much for an aging Sir Dick Burns. <laughs> Sir Dick Burns. Sir Dick. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. We thought the same thing about Ismael Barroso. Yeah. With with Anthony Corolla. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We were like, oh, yo, Barroso, he's the fucking boogeyman of the division. Well, Ndongo ain't... <laughs> He, I'm not. I don't have that thoughts of Ndongo coming into this fight, dude. When Ndongo fucking flatlined Troyanovsky in the first round of that fight, dude. I mean, come on. You and I talked about it before that fight even happened, and I don't even know how much time we put into talking about that fight in the preview. But what we did say about Troyanovsky was is that he was probably the worst holder of a force of the four sanctioning bodies mm-hmm. in any weight class. Yeah. So gonna take ricky burns are you yeah ricky burns is, he's a good boxer man Look, he's a he, solid he, boxer he knows how to box uh, uh, don't go ain't terrence crawford no he certainly is not terrence crawford and uh, he doesn't have the power to stop ricky burns so ricky burns has has the home field advantage here and you know i i think Indongo has enough to beat him do i think he's gonna actually win the fight probably not he'll probably lose a close decision ricky burns will, will, do, will do just enough to unify the belts one last time and become a god amongst gods in Scotland. Right before Terrence Crawford becomes the unified 140-pound champion of the world. Because there's no bigger fight in the world for Ricky Burns or Terrence Crawford than a rematch, especially if both guys have two belts. Yeah, yeah. That's a huge fight. Terrence Crawford would be like, I'll, I'm in Scotland already, dude. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he'd mind to travel for that fight at all. There's more money over there. Doesn't that make sense? I mean, what else is there for Ricky Burns? He can take these, you know, I mean, he's not he's not Manny Pacquiao. I mean, I don't know how well over a world tour of the U.K. would go. Right. Uh, uh, here's what I would say about that fight from Ricky Burns' perspective. At, at his age right now and where he's at in his career, you look at it and you go, all right, you know, maybe it's a cash-out fight, but it's like, God damn it, man. I don't want to fucking get my ass kicked worse than I did the first time. Hey, where else is he going to get a couple mil for an ass whooping? Mm, yeah, not too many other places. All right, Vin, before we close the show here on episode 157, got mm-hmm. one question for you. Mm-hmm. Stevenson Fanfara 2. <laughs> Nobody wants it, but here's the, here's the first thing that came across my mind when I heard this fight. Adonis Stevenson has set the bar so fucking low <laughs> that you're telling me he's fighting Fanfara? I'm thinking that's a fucking win for everybody involved. Because it could have been a lot worse than that. And I know Shawnee Moynihan had the fight and he lost it. Whatever. Fonfara deserved to fight more than he did. Is a tougher opponent. I'd rather see him fight Fonfara. Do, is it is it Donna Stevenson getting off fucking scot-free again? Yeah, because he's, he's probably going to beat Fonfara. Sure shit didn't want any part of Joe Smith, did he? No, he did not. <laughs> uh, yeah, but dude, everybody thought that, that, that Fonfara was chum in the water. And then he came back and almost beat Adonis Stevenson. Yeah. So, so maybe there's guys out there like me that are just dumb enough to think that Fonfara stands a chance. Well, I, I mean, everybody's going to be fucking rooting for him. 
I mean, he'll be the he'll have the entire boxing universe in his corner. You want to know why this fight's happening? I think that he wanted the Monahan fight in 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 Long Island. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he can get a fucking visa. Honestly, Ben, I don't think he can get a visa for uh, past transgressions. I would not be surprised. That list is quite long. <clears throat> now, if he were an American um, and resided in Las Vegas, oh, that would be par for the course. <laughs> he'd, own a, he'd own a strip club called Girl Collection. Would he? Wait, that's real life, isn't it? <laughs> hey, maybe with this one, uh, Stevenson can make another payment on his on his Ferrari. Well, that's all you see nowadays. Yeah. You can, I, I don't understand how a guy who makes a million dollars a fight who fight who fights once a year is able to afford a Ferrari? He probably got a kit car and had somebody build it for him. Yeah, um, he's been getting payments under the table. I can almost guarantee you that. It's a long reach around from California. <laughs> Al, Al extends far. <laughs> His reach does extend, <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, Ben. Well, I think I got to get back upstairs to the baby. But yeah, I can, but I can smell that down here. <laughs> <laughs> we got to leave him wanting a little bit. Okay. So let's just go ahead and table um, the announcement of Sergey Kovalev versus Andre Ward part two till next week. Oh, let's do it. I got, cause I got plenty to say about that bitch. So do I, <laughs> I dude. And trust me, I, I figured between the two of us, it'd probably be at least a 30 minute conversation. Yeah, we got, we can, we can squeeze an entire episode out of just that topic. Oh, and we will then. And we will, at least it'll kick off, uh, you know, the next episode. Oh, there's uh, plenty, plenty of fights to preview next episode. Yeah, man, we're winding down the road to Joshua Klitschko. But in the meantime, we'll be back with a little preview of what? What's going on uh, in the next couple weeks here, Ben? We've got Porter, Porter Berto, Charlo Hatley, Valdez Mariaga, Ramirez Bursak, Magdaleno Dos Santos, the debut of Shakur Stevenson. The question is, will you buy the pay-per-view? Oh, I'll buy the Rosado Murray pay-per-view. <laughs> oh man you've been tuned in to episode 157 of the tale of the tape boxing podcast here on the boxing rant.com i'm kenny keith follow me on twitter at kenny keith jr and follow vince cummings at vince cummings 81 then we may have to run back for old time's sakes a little the boxing rant live joshua versus klitschko oh yeah we might have to i'm, I'm liking that i'm yeah, liking that might have to bring it back well stay tuned we appreciate all of you dialing in once again be sure to drop by the boxing today subscribe to the tale of the tape on itunes spreaker and google play so until next week thanks for listening to episode 157 of the tale of the tape on the boxing muchas gracias everybody 